0: So this gets them to think about their own process, how they approach any tasks that they do, and it encourages them to give their best effort. This is also a foundation for helping them review anything they're going to do in the future, whether it's their schoolwork, their academics, their worksheets, or it's their performance in a sport. It teaches them to self-reflect, to look at what could I do better? How could I improve? What do I need to work on? Say goodbye to your credit card
1: rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. I hope you're doing well. I don't know about you guys, but myself and a lot of my friends I'm talking to are kind of going through some rough times and some upheavals lately. So I hope that all of you are doing much better and not having to deal with some of that stuff. But if you are, you're definitely not alone. I had to have three joints replaced in my right hand. I had it done just a little over a week ago, as of recording this podcast, and I feel like a toddler, or as my younger son Chandler observed, he said, You're like a toddler who can drive because I can't zipper, I can't do buttons, I can't tie anything, I can't do my own hair. I have to wear pants with like an elastic waistband that I can pull up <laughs> so I can get my pants up. So, speaking of toddlers, today I'm going to be talking about impulse control. Now, of course, Long past toddlerhood, kids of all ages, even us as adults, we can benefit from learning and practicing and developing our skills that lead to better impulse control. So I'm going to talk about some great ways to help kids learn impulse control today. So when I talk about impulse control, I'm talking about the ability to control our emotions and our behaviors. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that we don't feel these emotions. Of course, we feel these emotions. And I talk about this on this show a lot. We feel emotions. They're normal. They are there to give us a message. But how do we react with these emotions? How do our behaviors exhibit our emotions? And how can we keep those at a level of control that's appropriate so that we can stay in a more state of logic? So how do we teach our kids how to do this really important skill? So the great thing about these techniques that I'm covering today is that they aren't things that you do while your child is struggling, while they're struggling with behavior, while they're struggling to stay in control and trying to gain control. they are fun ways to teach these skills during calm times to support their brain development that is needed for better impulse control in the future. And these techniques are new. They're brand new things I've actually never shared before. I can't believe I've never talked about these before. I have them in my file. I talk about them in my classes, but I've never actually shared them on the podcast before. So there are five of them. This may end up to be a two-parter. We'll see how this goes, but there's five of them. And so I'll get through at least three of them today. Maybe all five. If we do, great. If not, I will create a second part to this to cover the rest of these. Okay, the first is teaching self-evaluation. So self-evaluation obviously is exactly what it sounds like being able to look at ourselves realistically. This is an important skill for everyone and for us to teach our children because this is a part of self-control. This is teaching self-control. This is about being able to go back and review their own, or for us as adults, our own efforts and the outcomes from those efforts in a realistic manner. So the goal is for our children to slow down and consider their choices, their efforts, their work, in the midst of it. So as we teach this, they're then gonna be able to go back and start to make better decisions beforehand. So this is where the impulse control comes in. This is where teaching this helps their impulse control. So just as one example, you can do this in so many different ways. There's so many ways to implement this very technique, but this will just give you an idea of how you could implement this. So you might have your child draw three of the same shape. So say a circle. So have them draw three circles, then write their name three times. After each time, they will review their work and decide which is the best and which needs the most work. You can do this with older kids. They can draw something a little more complicated. Maybe if they love horses, they can draw a horse. They can do a self-portrait. They could draw a house. They can choose almost anything to draw three times. So We then ask others, so siblings, maybe the other parent when they get home or they're coming around or a friend to state why they agree or disagree with their self review that your child has made about their drawings and their name writing. So this gets them to think about their own process, how they approach any tasks that they do. And it encourages them to give their best effort. This is also a foundation for helping them review anything they're going to do in the future, whether it's their schoolwork, their academics, their worksheets, or it's their performance in a sport. It teaches them to self-reflect, to look at what could I do better? How could I improve? What do I need to work on? What will make me better at this thing that I'm working on? Whether it's my math or my writing or my reading or my drawing or my sports outlet or my painting or my music. So by seven, or around second grade, children should be encouraged to review their own homework before it goes back to school. This can be as simple as having them tell you one thing about each assignment. So have them give you like a couple sentences, a sentence or two about each assignment. Well, as they get older, you'll get into more detail. So you'll have them give more details, including reworking anything that needs some work. Maybe they rushed through it or they didn't quite understand it. You can have them rework it or also do a reading or a writing assignment out loud. So a second tool is goal setting. Teaching goal setting obviously is really important. And when we teach goal setting, we're gonna teach the big goal. What is your big goal? And then let's so say it's to get an A in math this semester. And then we're gonna break down the goals so that they have something very distinct to work on each and every week. So, you know, they're going to break it down into, well, I have to get A's on my tests. I have to, you know, get A's on my homework. Well, how are you going to get A's on the tests? How are you going to get A's on the homework, right? And then they, we can talk about that process of what does it take to set each or make each mini goal that's on the way to the bigger goals. This is so important in life. Anything they're going to do in life. Setting goals, the big goals and the small goals in between are going to be really important. This is identifying a successful end of a plan. So, what we want to do is we can talk about goals in play. What is the goal of play so when they're really little? What is the goal of the play that they're doing? Meaning, so for their goal might be to I want to build a train track where it's a big oval and all the tracks meet up together. I want to build a tower that goes as high as my waist. I want to build a train track that uses every single piece in my box. As they get older, I want to build a train track that uses every single piece in my box. And it all leads to something, whether it's a building or to another track or to an overpass that all leads to something. These are fun goals. And then you can talk about how are we going to do this? And then when it doesn't quite meet up with what they were trying, okay, what can we do to meet the goal that you were looking? What needs to be changed? What needs to be fixed? So these are great ways to get them practicing the ways to set goals in daily life as they get older, the way they can incorporate this into daily life. You want to talk with children about the task at hand and what it looks like if it goes well. So. What we're doing here is we're talking about envisioning what does this look like if it goes well? So whether we're going to talk about a play date that we're about to go to with a friend, what does this play date look like if it goes well? What is the goal? I want to play with my friend and I want to do three different things with them today. And I want to do, you know, some outside play and I want to do creative play and dress up. And then what does that look like? Well, we each give our ideas and we both incorporate both of our ideas and we really have a fun time and we laugh and we giggle. And, and then I want to have a, a, a snack that we both really like that we make together. These are super simple, but it shows them how to set goals and how to envision what it looks like, what the goal looks like when it goes well. And I'm going to talk about my older son here. We're in the process right now of talking about goals. He's 14. So we're talking about goals with his tennis. wants to go pro okay well you have to have some goals in between here and there so there's a ranking system so he has to set goals in between of which tournaments he wants to be eligible for by a certain date or by a certain age what ranking does he want to try to reach by a certain date and what skills does he need to develop in order to be able to hit that ranking or be able to compete at that level by those dates and we break it down I had a, a friend whose daughter was a swimmer, still is a swimmer, swims in college. Her goal was to go to the Olympics. She literally, middle school and high school, wrote out in like a grease pencil on her closet mirror all the times she needed to hit by certain dates in order to be ready to go to the Olympic trials at a certain date. And then what times she would need to have in her events in order to qualify for the Olympics. Really amazing. And that's some really top notch goal setting we're talking about at, at a really young age. So these are not typical. But it just helps you understand like how we can help our kids start to set whether they are like these smaller everyday life goals, or if they have some really huge goals, how we can start to help them think about them and break them down. I have several more strategies on helping kids learn impulse control. And we'll get to those right afterward from our sponsor. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Visit homethreads.com slash parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. Now that we're back, we're gonna talk about teaching sequencing. So sequencing is a part of attention span and attention span And impulse control overlap. And these all also overlap with the previous areas of planning and organization and goal setting. So sequencing is about follow through of the goals or the organization of a plan. Now, one of the ways to do this is with sequence cards. This is where children are given a picture and they're asked to arrange the pictures in a story that makes sense to them and then tell the story. So this also brings in some creative play, which is fun. So we also can have them retell stories from picture books by identifying the beginning, the middle, and the end, as well as some of the smaller details within the story if they're able. So if they're a little bit older, they might be able to do that. Also, one of the things we want to do is teaching kids to listen. Now, this, I get this all the time. This is a big struggle for a lot of parents. They're like, I repeat myself so many times and they just don't listen. The thing about Listening is that it helps kids to slow down. It slows down their thoughts when they're able to stop and actually listen to directions, to listen to what is being asked of them. This will slow them down so they can start to put more space between a catalyst and a reaction. So we can teach them to slow down and to listen. So not just listening to what it is we need them to do. That's the very beginning, right? We're teaching them to listen, to the simple commands that we are asking them to complete, we're asking them to accomplish. As they get better at that, they then are able to start to get better to listening, to feedback, to interaction, to problem solve, to negotiate. So the beginning listening skills are the first part. And then as they start to get better at listening, to discussing, to listening, and then having a conversation, because negotiation is a part of impulse control. When we can slow down, slow down our thoughts, when we can listen to others, take that into consideration, then we can negotiate and problem solve with other people better. So there's a lot of ways to build listening skills. And I have a class called Getting Kids to Listen, which is exactly this. It breaks it all down into steps into how to give your child a request on what you need them to do and how to follow through on it. But a couple of things I'm going to talk about today in, in this podcast are some games that you can do that actually increase listening skills. In addition to, there's great books out there on listening that brings up this conversation. You can have a conversation about listening and why it's important. So here's a couple of books. Listen and Learn by Free Spirit Publishing, The Worst Day of My Life Ever by Julia Cook, and some great books, the Amelia Bedelia books that you have to listen to. Really closely to in order to understand what's happening in the story. So, a couple of games that are really great for teaching listening and it makes it really fun is the Crazy Directions game. I used to do this with my kids all the time when they were little. So, you're going to start with two step instructions, then you're going to move them up to three, four, and more. One of the great things about this game, also, that I want to mention is that when you start to work on this game or use this game in play with your kids, this is actually a precursor to potty training because when we potty train, there are so many steps involved in actually being able to get to the bathroom and get our pants down and be ready to go to the bathroom and to clean up afterwards and pull our pants up and wash our hands. All of those steps, they have to be able to follow multiple step directions. So this is actually a great thing that's also a precursor to potty training. So you're gonna make it really fun. You're going to start with a 2 steps run to the door and spin in a circle, run to the door, spin in the circle, touch your nose and jump up and down. So what you're gonna do is start to add to it. So you can see how you can start to add more and more to it to make it longer and longer. And kids love to play this game. It's a lot of fun and it increases listening skills and the focus that we need to be working on to start building these impulse control skills. So the other game, this is really fun. It's the robot game. The child is the robot. And the parent is the programmer. So you give your child step-by-step directions and they are going to follow them and they only are going to do exactly what you say to do. This can be a little slow and it can take a little time, but it's really fun and it can get everybody laughing too because they're practicing listening and then following the direction and they're going slowly through this process. So it's slowing down their thinking. It's slowing down your thinking too on how to instruct someone to properly do something. So for a really young child, you might be just instructing them to draw a circle. So, you know, it'd be as simple as sit down at the table, assuming you have everything already there. Pick up the pencil, put your pencil to the paper, draw a circle. So you're going to do it just step by step really slowly. Then when you have an older child, you can do something that's a little bit more involved, like making a sandwich. So. And what's really fun is when you change places and have the child have you do it. It's amazing how often we miss steps that we don't realize, like we take for granted because as humans, we kind of are are already pre-programmed to do a lot of this stuff. So to stop and have to only do what someone's telling us to do, and then to think through the steps logically, because if you just say like, put the peanut butter on the sandwich, like without saying, pick up the knife, put it in the peanut butter, pull it, you know, get some peanut butter on the knife, place the peanut butter on the bread, spread. You know, if you just say put peanut butter on one piece of bread, the kid could put their hand in there and start spreading it over the bread, which would be messy and and hilarious, I think, for everyone. So we all need to like stop and really slow down. So this is a really fun game to do both ways. To have the, the child as the robot and then the child as the programmer. Okay, so here's also some more listening games. Telephone. 20 Questions, I Spy, Simon Says, Hullabaloo is a great game. We had that when I was a kid. I think that's by Cranium. That's a great game and they get to move for it. So if you have a child needs to get their energy out, who is highly active, Hullabaloo is a great listening game, as is Crazy Directions. Simon Says, any of these are great games where kids can move at the same time as they're doing things and learning to listen. And then there's more sit down games, Clue Junior clue if the kids are a little older. My older son loves that game because he has this logical brain that's able to figure it out before everybody else. And then, like I said, I have a class on the website called Getting Kids to Listen. So that's a great class that really talks about like in the moment when you need your child to do something, how do you get them to comply in the moment? And then what do you do if they're not listening? What are the steps that you want to do to make sure that they are following through? And then once we work those steps, then it makes them more independent. And they then are able to follow through on their own without us needing to follow up afterwards. But there's a lot of really great tips and tools in that class on the website at your So another tip, another technique is teaching plan, do review. So planning and reviewing skills are a piece of building this attention span, again, and impulse control. So what we can have children do is plan out something that they want to do, something they want to accomplish. It could even be their playtime. So they're going to sit down, they're going to talk about, you know, I want to do a drawing that is a farm and I want the farm to have these many animals in it. And I'm going to use colored pencil to color my drawing today and just have them sit down and plan out what they're going to play. And this can include where they're going to do it. Are they going to sit at the table? Are they going to sit at the desk? Do they have a little lap, you know, pad that they're going to sit down and and draw on over in the corner sitting in a cozy place? Whatever it is that they want to do, but where they're going to do it. Then you're going to check on their progress as they do it. And then you're going to help them meet their goal. So you're going to check in on them and, you know, okay, you drew your farm. You got the barn in there. You've got one cow. You said you wanted two cows. Where's the other cow going to go? Uh, You also said you wanted to draw a couple horses. Where are you going to put the horses? You know, I see you put the sun in. You said you were going to put the sun in. That looks great. I see a couple of clouds, like you said, you were going to draw. So you can help them kind of plan out how they're going to do this. And then we're going to review. So we're going to review, how did our drawing turn out compared to what we pictured in our mind? Did we get all the animals in it that we wanted to Did everything fit on the page? Does everything look like it's the right size compared to the other animals? Or did something end up to be a little bigger or smaller than what you were expecting? So it's similar to what we're talking about earlier with self-evaluation, where we're kind of going back and looking. Plan, do, review is a piece or a way of teaching self-evaluation. So we're now going to go back and we're going to review. Did it look the way we wanted it to look? Did we use as many colors as we meant to? Does everything look like it's in proportion to each other? You know, did your child say, well, I did a really great job, but my cow's face looks a little funny and maybe I need to work on that a little bit. So plan, do, review. You can do that with anything, Whether especially art is a great way to use plan, do, review. But you can do it with building a tower. You can do it with using Lego. You can do it with creating a story. You could do it with any kind of outside play. If they wanna learn to climb the rock wall. And so they're gonna do a, a plan about how they're going to attack the rock wall. And then they climb the wall and they talk about, well, that didn't quite work. I had to go over this way instead of that way. My my arm wasn't quite quite long enough yet. So they're gonna review what they did. Or I just I think I didn't push myself, you know, to kind of reach for that as, as much as I could. I got a little scared, so I played it safe. And you can just talk about that and review it. These are all really great self-evaluation techniques. Okay, I want to talk about three guidelines that are really important to help with these skills. And then there are a couple of more that we're going to talk about in the next episode. But for these guidelines, avoid lecturing. So when we're teaching these skills, goal setting, listening, sequencing, self-evaluation, we want to teach and guide without the lecture. Because the best way for children to learn is to experience it and to learn and to let them self-evaluate, right? That's what we're teaching, self-evaluation. So they can self-evaluate. We can help them with it. We can guide them if they need it. But let them decide what they need to do better. Let them take a look at what they did well. So we want to do these things through fun ways, through games, through role play, through puppet shows, through storytelling, through movement games, all the things that I've talked about in art projects. So if you have a child who's highly perseverant, they will attack something new with vigor. But if you have children who are more tentative, especially, we want to make the challenges very small, to make the increments and in the way that we teach and the goals that we have them set to be smaller increments. Because what happens As you know, if you have a child who is less persistent, who is more tentative, if they aren't successful easily or right away, they're going to tend to shy away from doing it or trying it. So these are really great skills, self-evaluation skills and the listening skills and the plan do reviews for kids who are more tentative. So we want to start them out with something smaller, start them with an easier puzzle and then slowly move them up to something a little more difficult. Start them out easy with the directions game. Start them out with something easy with the robot game. Same with Simon Says. You know, start them out with something where they can be successful and then slowly move them up. And then we're also, we're going to highlight what they do well. We're going to focus on what they did well in this process or in that project in that day. So it can be really easy to overlook these, especially You know, for ourselves. So, for our kids to overlook what they do well, for us as adults, we tend to overlook what we do well and focus on what we don't do well. So, if you have a child who is very impulsive, it can be really easy to overlook when they actually do wait patiently, when they actually do share their feelings instead of reacting or picking up something and throwing it, or when they just, you know, say, I'm angry instead of just reacting. So, We want to make sure that we're focusing on these things and that we are bringing their attention to it. These are really great moments that we can reinforce this positive behavior that helps to remind them like, oh, I am learning. I am growing. I am doing this better than I used to do it. And it helps them to focus on that as well. And we want to remember, we always want to describe the behavior and then we want to label it. You rebuilt your block tower three times after it fell over. That was really perseverant. You kept working on the puzzle even when you struggled to find that place for that one piece. That was really perseverant. You waited in line very quietly. That was very helpful. So if you're looking for deeper guidance on these topics, some great classes that go along with this are of course all the positive discipline classes because it really helps us guide our kids in ways that are very positive. They help us to focus on the positive, help us to give our kids directions of what to do rather than what not to do. It helps them build their confidence and their self-esteem and it builds our connection with them, which helps us be much more effective as parents. There's also the listening class that has several great tools for really helping our kids work on listening, following through on what we ask them to do so that we then can leave them to be independent by simply giving them a direction of what they need to do and they will just go and follow through. A couple of other great classes are growth mindset and raising responsible kids where we can use all of these tools in those classes as well also remember the parenting beyond discipline app is up on the apple store and google play store with classes divided out by age and topic or on the website at yourvillageonline.com with over 60 parenting classes on demand thanks for listening and see you next week